It's time to put the Buffalo Bills defensive end group under the microscope as we continue our performance review series today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Friday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And of course, welcome to our YouTube audience. As I shared yesterday, the podcast is now available daily on YouTube, in addition to the normal podcast mediums that you enjoy listening to the podcast on already. So make sure you find us on YouTube. Search Lockdown Bills, subscribe, and enjoy the video content. And like I said, we're going to do some exclusive stuff on YouTube, some live Q&As, some live mock drafts, and that's coming very soon. So make sure you find the YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. All right, so on the podcast today, we are going to talk about these Buffalo Bills defensive ends. And this is a, a lot to get into because the Bills have some significant expiring contracts. And they have some young players, but they're young players that I'm not sure are necessarily ready to take on a prominent role. And so this is a very complicated conversation that we are going to have today. So let's dig into it. The first player that we're going to discuss is Jerry Hughes. He was acquired in a trade in 2013. The Bills sent Kelvin Shepard, a linebacker, to the Indianapolis Colts for Jerry Hughes. And the Bills won the trade very, very convincingly. Jerry Hughes is 33 years old. He turns 34 in August. And his contract, it's expired. He completed his two-year, $21.5 million deal with the team. In 2021, he played in 17 games with 16 starts and played 52% of the defensive snaps, which is the lowest ever with the Bills. He's been above 64% in every other season with Sean McDermott as the Bills head coach. And so a notable decline in percentage of snaps played for Jerry Hughes. That's something we have to keep in mind as we have this conversation and really frame things entering this offseason. In 2021, he collected 18 tackles, one tackle for loss, two sacks, 55 total pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 19.1%, which was actually 13th in the NFL among edge rushers. And so the thing with Jerry Hughes is that he's always been really good at creating pressure, but he's not often been very good at converting that pressure to sacks. And I mean, this guy was one of the best edge rushers in the NFL in win percentage on pass rush snaps, but he had two sacks to show for it. So as far as my 2021 review goes, I wrote down that I wish he made more impact plays. I mean, obviously he can still get pressure, but two sacks is the fewest of his career since 2011. And he's never been a big volume sack guy. But he turns 34 prior to the start of next season, and I think it's fair to wonder what type of impact 
and role he should receive at this point in his career. He might honestly be a 15 to 20 snap a game guy that's a designated pass rusher at this point. That might be how you get the most out of him. I really respect the career that he's had, and I certainly fully recognize that he's the longest tenured member of the team, and he's been part of the mix since 2013. So his future in Buffalo depends on the value of his contract, and we have to acknowledge that we may have seen the end of Jerry Hughes in a Bills uniform. So as for my 2022 outlook, I have written down, is he back? What's his value? I know that he's currently building a new home in Texas with his family, and he's also said that he wants to play football next season. Is that going to be in Buffalo? Pro Football Focus projects that he's going to sign a one-year, $6.5 million contract. My question is, would the Bills be better applying that money elsewhere? It's a complicated situation because I'm not convinced that this team can enter 2022 with the top three defensive ends being the three young guys in Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, and Boogie Basham. I don't think they've shown enough to this point. But with a limited cap, how do you upgrade this group and say goodbye to Jerry Hughes and even the next guy that I'm going to talk about, which is Mario Addison. So again, like I started this conversation, I'm only one player in. we got a complicated situation on our hands, folks. Let's talk about Mario Addison, a 2020 free agent signing. He's 34 years old. He turns 35 in September. His contract is expired. He completed his three-year, $30.4 million deal that included 2022 v being a void year. So Mario Addison is not under contract for 2022, but he counts $2 million against the cap. In 2021, he played in 17 games with no starts, and he was on the field for 45% of the team's defensive snaps. Collected 28 tackles, 8 tackles for loss, 7 sacks that led the team, 38 total pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 14.5, which was 37th in the NFL among all edge rushers. So for my 2021 review, I have written down that he led the team in sacks. And I thought he did a good job as a rotational player. He embraced a reduced role. And it sounded like from the way he spoke and the way the coaches spoke, that he was more than willing to embrace the role of, of not playing as much, but also working with the young players at his position group. And I thought he was a great option as the third defensive end if your top two guys are more productive. If Mario Addison is your defensive end three and has 38 pressures, seven sacks, that's good if you're getting more out of your top two guys. And I think that's what complicates the conversation when it comes to Mario Addison. So for my 2022 outlook, I've got written down, is he back? We know he was happy about the reduced role this year. Is he the guy? My question is, is he the guy that comes back on a value deal and not Jerry Hughes? I think it's fair to say that 
his best football is behind him. But like I said, when discussing Jerry Hughes's outlook, are the Bills really ready to move forward with Rousseau, Epinesa, and Basham as the top three defensive ends? And if not, how do they upgrade? And as you continue considering that question, how does Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison as expired contracts fit into the 2022 depth chart? It's complicated. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action because BetOnline is where the game starts. The next player I want to get to is Greg Rousseau. 2021 first-round pick, number 30 overall. He's a young guy, 21 years old. He turns 22 in April. That'll be younger than a lot of the defensive ends that are drafted this year. He's entering year two of his four-year, $11.6 million rookie contract. And in 2021, he played in 17 games with 17 starts, was on the field for 49% of the defensive snaps. He collected 50 tackles. Eight tackles for loss, four sacks, 36 pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 13.8, which was 46th in the NFL among all edge rushers. Now, when you look at his pass rush win percentage against just the rookie defensive ends, he was fourth behind Quiddy Pay, Odafe Owe, and Chauncey Golston. So I think that's something to be pretty proud of. And so is this next statistic that I'm going to give you. Greg Rousseau, as a rookie, had the highest run-stop percentage of any edge defender in the NFL at 13.2%. The highest run-stop percentage of any edge defender in the NFL at 13.2%. That's outstanding. And so as for my 2021 review on Greg Rousseau, the thing I have written down is that he exceeded my year one expectations, especially as a run defender. And if you guys remember his story, I mean, he was new to playing defensive end at the college level, only had one year of production. Now, it was a great year of production, but only one season of time on task. Had an injury in 2018, didn't play football at all in 2020. And so I had my reservations about him coming in and commanding a major role and to play like he did. I mean, this guy was the Bills' starting left defensive end all year and played really well against the run and had his moments as a pass rusher. So with all that being said, I am very encouraged by what we saw from Rousseau as a rookie. I thought he started the season strong. He ended it strong was quiet in the middle of the year. And you heard both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean comment on him hitting the rookie wall. And so when we talk about his 2022 outlook, 
the first thing I have written down in my notes is that I'm excited. I think he has a major chance to take a notable step forward. 2021, his rookie season was a foundational year for him, and he should be able to hit the ground running and know exactly what to expect when it comes to life in the NFL as a sophomore. So when we consider how the Bills can improve as a football team next season by players already on the roster getting better, which keep in mind has been a big reason why the Bills have turned into contenders, it's growth from the players already on the roster. Rousseau is at the top of the list. His development, Greg Rousseau's development, is one of the most important aspects of this football team moving forward. Because along with Ed Oliver, this is your chance to have a guy that can be a true difference maker on your defensive line. And I think we can all agree that's something that has been missing over the last couple of seasons. And your best chance to get it might be Ed Oliver and, of course, Gregory Rousseau, who was a young, talented player that had some great flashes as a rookie and should be primed to take a step forward in 2022. The next player I want to get to is A.J. Epinesa, 2020 second-round pick, number 54 overall. He's 23 years old. He turns 24 in September, and he's entering year three of his four-year $5.8 million rookie deal. In 2021, he played in 14 games with no starts and was on the field for 37% of the team's defensive snaps. He collected 14 tackles, two tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, 25 total pressures on the quarterback, and a pass rush win percentage of 12.9%. So for my 2021 review, I mean, after the preseason and the Miami game in week two, it appeared that Epinesa was ready to make an impact in his sophomore season. But it wound up being more quiet than anything. He wound up being the fourth defensive end and was behind Rousseau, Hughes, and Addison for playing time. So that begs the question, is it just about more opportunity for Epinesa? Is it time for the Bills to take the training wheels off and for him to come in have more opportunity, and that's going to lead to him making a more consistent impact? Because I'm sure it's a challenge to play as sparingly as he did, and sometimes an inactive player, to come in and really find yourself in the NFL. So he's going to have his chance, right? He's going to have his chance to do that in 2022. So as for my 2022 outlook, I've got written down that this is a big year for him. He's entering his third year where we've seen a lot of Bills players under this coaching staff take a major step forward. And it would be great if that was the case for Epinesa. He knows exactly what to expect. It's be the same scheme for his third season, same coaching staff since he's arrived in the NFL. It needs to come together for him in 2022. This team needs that to happen. So my hope for Epinesa in 2022 is that he can come in, claim 50% of the snaps, 
and take a step forward in year three like we saw from Ed Oliver this past season. And so we got some more young players to get to, but the future of this group is all about these young players realizing their potential. And for Epinesa, year three is coming. And obviously Rousseau is a first-round pick, and what he was able to display in 2021 gives us a lot of hope, but there's no security blanket, at least not right now. We got to see how this depth chart takes form, but you're looking at potentially your top three defensive ends being Rousseau, Epinesa, and Basham. We'll get to Basham here in just a moment, but first, this is the time of year where I've usually given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar, and it almost doesn't feel like a resolution because I'm actually enjoying eating them. And I got to ask you, have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, they are delicious. You're missing out on one of the best tasting built bars that they have. And puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate because all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And that's puffs included. And built bars are healthy for you. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And they have so many great flavors. They got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And new for this month, one of my favorite bars is the white chocolate cookies and cream. You got to check this out. They're all delicious. And new flavors are coming out all the time. And at Bilt Bar, it's all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they do it every time. Got a deal for you? Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, got a couple more players to get to. Let's move on to Boogie Basham, a 2021 second round pick, number 61 overall. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in December, and he's entering year two of a four-year, $5.6 million rookie deal. In 2021, he played in eight games with no starts, was on the field for 39% of the snaps, 18 tackles, four tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, 14 total pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 10.9. So for my 2021 review, I have written down that he didn't play a ton, but I was encouraged when he was on the field. He's a guy that plays with good energy, a hot motor. He hustles, and I think he can eventually deliver an impact, not unlike what we saw from Mario Addison this past season for the Bills. And he definitely got lost in the rotation, right? Like, he didn't play a ton. But I do think his best games were his last three, Week 18 against the Jets, wild card game against New England, and then the divisional playoff game against the Chiefs. And so I love to see him ride that momentum into 2022 where the opportunity should be there for him to have a bigger role. So as for my 2022 outlook, it's be a top three defensive end for this team or at a minimum defensive end four. The thing about Basham is that he turns 25 next month or excuse me in April. And this is a second year player. 
he's going to have to find his his way quickly and prove that the Bills were right when they made him a second-round pick and selected two defensive ends in a row with their top two picks. And, of course, we need to see that start happening in 2022. And hopefully, not unlike what I said about Epinesa, it just comes down to more opportunity. And within that, you'll see him really unleash his skill set and, and take a step forward and be a more impactful piece of this defensive end rotation. All right, the last player we're going to get to today is F.A. Obata, a 2021 free agent signing, 29 years old. He turns 30 in April. His contract is expired. He completed his one-year, $1.5 million deal, and in 2021, he played in 10 games, one start, was on the field for 35% of the snaps, collected 12 tackles, three tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, 20 total pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 11.2. As for his 2021 review, I have written down hit or miss. He had some big games, right? The Jets game, the Panthers game was huge, obviously. The Saints game, maybe that Falcons game you can include. But he was mostly quiet, and he had a lot of different injuries. Felt like those kept popping up for him, and that certainly wasn't helpful for him making a bigger impact. I will say that he was actually the defensive end that they allowed to reduce down and play interior gaps, right? They talked about that a lot with Epinesa and Rousseau and Basham, but Obata was that guy that they actually did it with, and you saw him get a chance to rush the A gap and the B gap. And so Obata is immensely physically gifted, but he turns 30 in a couple of months, and so I'm a little bit unsure on what his ceiling is, but Ideally, you know, those flashes become more consistent. So as for my 2022 outlook, if Obata can be had for a bargain deal as the fifth defensive end, which, I mean, what has he shown that suggests that he should get a bigger deal than the one-year, $1.5 million contract that he signed this year? But the point that I'm trying to make here is if he can be had for that similar type deal, as the fifth defensive end, I'm here for it. Now, I don't think you can count on him to be a top three guy in your rotation. But I like the versatility. But I would want to see him more available and more impactful. You know, I know that this is a player that got started with football later in life, you know, coming over on the International Pathway Program. So there's some level of hope that he can take a step, even though he's going to be 30 here in April. But as your fifth defensive end, I mean, I think you can sign up for that all day long. Now, the question is, what do they add to that top of the rotation to really solidify things and get more of an impact out of this group? So as for my overview here in really assessing what the Bills have and what the need level is, what they have is two aging, expiring contracts in Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison. You have Greg Rousseau, who is locked in as one of your starters and is potentially a high-ceiling player. And you've got two young guys that are both recent second-round picks in Boogie Basham and A.J. Epinesa that have to take a step. And then there's F.A. Obata, who we just talked about. 
So I'd say that this need is pretty significant right now because only Greg Rousseau, AJ Epinesa, and Boogie Basham are actually under contract for 2022. Do you want to bring back either Hughes or Addison as a designated pass rush type player and then pick a, a defensive end in the, in the top two rounds or, or make a run at a free agent? There's a lot of interesting free agent pass rushers. I'll give you some names. Von Miller, Chandler Jones, Harold Landry, Emmanuel Agba, Melvin Ingram. Those are the top names. Those are good players. Whitney Merciless is a free agent. You've heard Sean McDermott speak favorably on him in the past. Jacob Martin could be an intriguing guy. And there's a lot of other players. I'm not going to sit here and do a defensive end free agency primer. At some point, we will. But the, the point that I want to make here is that there are options in terms of veterans and even some bargain-type players, and this is where your pro scouting has to shine. You know, This is a piece we always talk about the players you draft as a measuring stick of your front office and you know Brandon being your general manager, but how can your pro scouting shine to get yourself a meaningful veteran? Because even if you were to bring back Obata and say the 25th pick in the draft is a defensive end, is Obata plus that player plus Rousseau, Basham, and Epinesa, are, are you satisfied with that? Do you have confidence in that being a Super Bowl caliber defensive end group when this is a premium position in the NFL and something that we know that this team prioritizes? Bottom line here, the Bills need a bigger impact out of this position group, and I'm very, and I mean very anxious to find out how they address it this offseason. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast and this week. I really enjoyed it. I hope that you did as well. Had some awesome guests earlier this week and Nate Geary and Brother Bill, so I hope you didn't miss those episodes on Monday and Wednesday. Of course, her mentality was always fun. So I'm enjoying this thing in the offseason. I, I like it just as much as during the regular season, to be honest with you. There's, there's always so much great stuff to talk about with this football team, and so we're going to keep doing it for you every day, both in your podcast feed and, of course, on YouTube. So if you haven't checked this out on YouTube, make sure you do it. Search Lockdown Bills, subscribe, like a video, comment, whatever you want to do. I'm excited about getting this YouTube thing going, and obviously I need you to come along for the ride and, and have some fun with me. I'm really looking forward to some of those live ideas that I have, especially some mock drafts. Maybe I'll even have some listeners come on with me, and we can do live mock drafts together on YouTube using, of course, the DraftNetwork.com's mock draft machine. So a lot of possibilities. Don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, share this podcast. Enjoy your weekend, and I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.